Welcome to Bunhouse Square, where it's all Hollow's Eve. Stay tuned for two hours of music and other such scary items. Thank you for doing what you got to do to do. Once again, this is Bunhouse Square. Well, what is a vigilante man? Tell me what is a vigilante man? Has he gone, 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 Shotgun in his hand would he shoot his brother and sister down. I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle was that the vigilante men. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land. How do you do, boys and girls? My name is Alfred Hitchcock, and I'm delighted to find that you believe in ghosts too. After all, they believe in you, so it is only common courtesy and politeness to return the favor. As a matter of fact, I tell them human stories all the time, and they enjoy them immensely. Now, of course, the best way to listen to ghost stories is with the lights out. There is nothing like a dark room to attract ghosts and you may like to have some of our mutual friends come and listen with you. Are the lights out? Good. Doors closed, blinds drawn, 
Excellent. Don't worry about the ghosts getting in. They can slither through keyholes and under doors, you know. Now just be quiet. Hear that slithering? Ah, good. Now that we're all here, we can begin. First of all, let me say that I have always been curious about those things which makes the average person's blood run cold with fear and horror. But then the average person becomes upset over such simple things as a door opening, footsteps in the hall, an ordinary owl, make such a fuss over simple things like the fluttering of a bird's wings, a girl's voice on a summer evening, or for that matter, a dripping faucet as we seem to have here. But you and I are above these things. However, it might be best for me to get a wrench and turn that water off completely. While I'm doing that, why don't you listen to the first story? The Haunted and the Haunters, or The Pirate's Curse. It's about the housing shortage some years ago. Outside, a cold wind punished those who dared to walk the streets. But near the fireplace, Mr. White and his son played a game of chess while his mother knitted sitting on an armchair. With this weather, I believe Morris won't show up. Focus on the game. I've checked you. Why did we decide to live in this godforsaken place? Checkmate! <laughs> A gate was heard opening. It's him! Would you believe it? I want you to meet Sergeant Major Morris. It's a pleasure to meet you. Mr. White has always told me a lot about you. Sit right here, near the fire, to warm yourself. Would you like a drink, Major? Thank you very much for your hospitality. The reception went well. They talked about the old days before the Major left for overseas missions. Maybe it was the effect of the whiskey, because the Major's story started to get more melancholic. It's been twenty years that I've known the world. I would have liked to go to India and meet that exotic land. What nonsense! It was much better that you stayed here. Tell us about that monkey's paw that you mentioned in the letters we've exchanged. Monkey's paw? I have it here. At first glance, it looks like a banal souvenir. But appearances can be deceiving. Jesus Christ! But what's so special about this? It has a long-standing spell cast by a prominent Indian fakir. He wanted to prove that destiny rules men's lives, and by trying to interfere, man attracts only evil to himself. The first three who carried the monkey's paw could have three wishes granted. And why don't you ask yours? I already did. And did the Paul grant yours? Yes, said the Major, with a funeral tone. 
Has anyone else had their wishes fulfilled before you? Yes. My boss, Colonel Graham. His last wish was death itself. And that's how I got the paw. If you have already had your wishes fulfilled, why do you still keep the monkey's paw with you? I'm a fool. I thought I could sell it to someone. But even more fool would be the one who would buy this artifact based on a fictitious story. All of a sudden, the Major threw his paw into the fireplace. No! Mr. White pulled the paw out of the flames. It was better to have let it burn. If you don't want it, I can keep it. My wish was to destroy it. If you want to keep the paw, fine. But don't blame me for the consequences. I want to keep it. But does it work? Just hold it in your right hand and say your request out loud. But there will be consequences. Mr. White was delighted with the paw. At dinner time, the mysterious atmosphere dissipated, replaced by a more pleasant environment. At the time of leaving, the Major greeted his friend and gave him one last piece of advice. Choose your wishes wisely. One simple but brilliant trick to heat your home in 90 seconds and save thousands of dollars on your heating bill this winter. This genius way to heat any room for almost zero cost is taking over the market like crazy in the US. An ingenious college kid from Fairbanks, Alaska, just destroyed the billion dollar heating industry by building a device that can heat any room 90% cheaper than traditional heating bills. Martin designed the invention after budget cuts left his school with a broken heating system and freezing cold fellow classmates had to study for their exams in 55 degree temperatures. And when their plea for a new heating system failed their fears, Martin decided to take matters into his own hands. Rescue engineering and a desire to help his classmates, he was able to reverse engineer common air heating units. Using the dual Thomson physics principle that powers all major types of heating systems, he built a one-of-a-kind device that creates a perpetual heating room, recycling heat that's generated so classrooms rose from 55 to 75 degrees in just two minutes while using 90% less energy.
my window Many sights to see And when I look in my window So many different people to be That it's strange So strange You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch Must be the season of the witch Must be the season of the witch, yeah Must be the season of the witch When I look over my shoulder What do you think I see? Cat looking over his shoulder at me, and he's strange. Sure is strange. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. Yeah. in my hand. It looked like a snake, and a finger now seemed to be bent. If you say so, but I don't see any money. Father and son smoked their pipes before bed. The Major said that wishes don't simply come true. The object of desire appears naturally, even looking like a coincidence. It was a fun night, Father, but I'm going to sleep. It's already late, and I have to work tomorrow. The next day, the White family had breakfast, while they laughed at themselves for being so naive and believing the Major. Be careful, Dad, when you leave home. Two hundred pounds may fall on your head. But it doesn't work like that. The Major said that the wish would come true randomly. I'm going to the factory. Don't spend all the money before I come back. You're funny. 
You don't believe it. But the paw moved in my hand right after I made the request. Of course it did, dear. Mr. White stopped smiling and decided to read the newspaper. But he was sure of what had happened. In the middle of the afternoon, Mrs. White, through the window, saw two gentlemen lined up in front of her house, looking hesitant. They decided to knock on the White family's door and were welcomed by Mrs. White. We're here on behalf of Ma and Meggins. Did something happen to my son? Unfortunately, we don't have good news. Christ, what happened? Just say it! A terrible accident happened and your son was swallowed by the machine. It was all extremely fast. He didn't suffer. Mrs. White fell to her knees on the ground and was supported by her husband. But what followed left Mr. White even more incredulous. The company is not responsible for the accident, but even so, we would like to compensate the family with a substantial amount. At this moment, Mr. White was shocked, and an intense cold shiver went up his spine. With great fear, he gathered his strength and asked, How much would that be? Two hundred pounds. When Mr. White heard the figure, he fainted. The young man's burial took place at the new cemetery, a few kilometers away from the White family house. It was a simple and discreet ceremony. The couple, still shocked, walked back home. It was a long way, but they were in no hurry to return. They knew the pain of not finding their son at home would be unbearable. The following days were quite melancholy. How scary is that? They don't even know they're being recorded. When I say hidden camera, you still think about high-tech spy movies.
Suddenly, Mrs. White took a leap. Her husband screamed, scared. The monkey's paw! She stood up, quickly getting out of bed, surprising her husband. Where is the monkey's paw? Mrs. White was desperately looking for the paw in the room. I want the paw. You didn't destroy it, right? It's in the first drawer of the dresser. Mrs. White found the paw where her husband indicated. Oh, thank God. She grabbed it with both hands, looking at it crazily. How did we not think of this before? What? We still have two wishes. That's silly. Everything was just a terrible coincidence. Grab the paw and do it again. What? Are you crazy? Ask our son back. He's been dead for ten days. I didn't want to say this, but he was so disfigured that I could only recognize him by his clothes. It doesn't matter. I want my son back. Mr. White grabbed the paw in terrible fear. Ask it now! Like the first time, he grabbed the paw and said, I wish my son could live again. He felt the paw moving again and let it go, scared. Strengthless, he sat on his armchair. His frantic wife looked out the window, waiting for her son. Some time passed and nothing happened. Mr. White felt relieved because he feared what could happen. He took his wife to his room, trying to comfort her. It's a pity, my dear, but this paw is a sham. The couple returned to the room without saying a word and laid in bed. They spent some time in bed thinking about how stupid it was to believe that an animal's paw would resurrect their son. Suddenly, there was a strange noise in the house. Mrs. White got agitated. What's that? A rat, surely. 
I saw a big one this morning. The couple heard the noise again. This time it seemed to come from the front door. That's our son. He's back. Mr. White, afraid, tried to hold his wife by the arm, asking her to be rational. Logically, he would take a long time to arrive. The cemetery is a few kilometers away. What his wife said made sense. Mr. White was trembling because he had no idea under what conditions his son would appear. After all, the Major had warned that the Paw would end up cursing anyone who tried to change fate. An even stronger knock was heard. Mrs. White ran to open the door. She tried to stick the key in the lock, but her hands were shaking with emotion, which made the task more difficult. Please, do not open the door! Mrs. White was fighting with the lock that seemed stuck, preventing her from meeting her son again. Mr. White was consumed by terror. He was terrified that his son's rotten carcass would enter the door like a living dead. In an act of desperation, he looked for the monkey's paw, which had fallen to the ground, and he asked for his last wish. Mrs. White opened the door, and an icy stream of air invaded the house. She bowed her head and sighed in disappointment, much to her husband's relief. He grabbed the lamp and, with courage, looked to see what was outside. The road that passed in front of the house was calm and empty.
waking up I'm getting ready to go Had enough I can't take anymore No pills That I can take This is too real And there ain't no escape It scare the daylights It make a nightmare I'm tense and I'm nervous Everybody all around me Shaking hands and saying howdy I don't think it's funny no more Cracking up like a worn out shoe Ain't wet, but the world leaking through I'd run, but I find no pace I laugh, but it's wrecking me, wrecking me It make a shiver it make a shake, it make a monster, just like an earthquake. Everybody having fun. I don't know how they can carry on, cause I don't think it's funny no
Hey. That's right. It's uh I don't think I don't think the show has ever fallen like on Halloween proper. And I'm just like so like ill prepared because so much has been going like a, I don't know. That's my problem. Uh, sometimes I'm told like, yeah, John, when you're apologizing, you know, there's no butts in there. You just do it. And I'm like, all right, there's no, no, there's no reason or justification. Just that's what it is. I do get these records. So it's Bug House Square. We're winding down. <clears throat> we are. We're winding down. It's it's in the air. Pam is uh, she's she's giving it her all, but she can't do it anymore, and no one's stepping up. So if you have like uh, fifty six thousand dollars that you want to. Uh, donate. That's what it costs to keep this place running uh, for a year. Uh, please, you know, come through the website. <laughs> we'll, we'll help you out. But it's just, it's too much for her. And she's she's worked so hard trying to do her comedy fest and hasn't turned out um, how she wanted it. Although, you know, I think it was a good vibe overall. It's one of those things where when things are in their infancy, it's... Uh, you know, there's there's fits and starts, and you know you really run on a very thin margin on everything, and sometimes, uh, sometimes you know the ebbs can be very severe, and they of course most things fail, right? Businesses and whatnot, um, but even the ones that are successful always uh, ebb and flow, and uh, we've certainly done a lot of that. Here at Meet Me Radio. Yeah, a lot of ebbing, a lot of flowing. Um, but yeah, we're so we got, I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We're trying to have a party. I'm going to try to get uh, maybe a collection of contributors that uh, have risen from the basement, maybe some local ones that can come in and, and have a thing. Although our technology here is pretty crappy. I tried to play something the other day, um, a couple shows back, and I, I want to apologize right now. <laughs> and. Uh, I and with my good apology uh, practicing, I'm just going to apologize.
words don't matter now.
green-eyed lady, lovely lady Strolling slowly towards the sun Green-eyed lady, ocean lady Soothing every raging wave that comes
right, I'm the longest outro ever. I'm going to get back to what played some of the Latin dance party. Of course, there was some Alfred Hitchcock goat stories and some Haunted Mansion stuff. Uh, no, we didn't do any of that. Some Sugarloaf, Green-Eyed Lady, Asia, Steely Dan, we did Black Cow, Howlin' Wolf, we did a song of his, uh, Rolling Stones, we did uh, On Down the Line, Guitar Freak Out the Ventures, we did Leonard Skinner, Tuesday's Gone, Balzac, uh, we did something, Nick Lowe, we did Cracking Up, Police, uh, Invisible Sun, a Gypsy song in there, Coltrane, Naima, uh, Eno from Another Green World, we did Sky Zaw, something like that, Radiohead from the Lamb of Limbs, Psychedelic First from their first record, Sister Europe, Thomas Dolby, we did Leipzig, Season of the Witch, Donovan, and we had some uh, uh, Gregorian chants in there. Yeah, thanks for doing what you got to do. We're winding down, uh, so this is, uh, yeah, here we go. We're winding down. We got Claudia and the Loaf. They're here tonight. They're here. It's Halloween, and uh, we got something going on. They brought candy.
Oh. 
wow, they, those guys could really play, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they just like go on. They just go on and yeah, on. They just, <laughs> they're doing their thing. Yeah. In the zone. I, 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 I never do my thing like that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, always, it's always quieter, you know. <laughs> What's going on tonight, Claudia? Not much. We got uh, some spooky stuff. Uh, some anti-war stuff, which is also spooky. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. And uh, yeah, it's our hundredth episode, so we're hundred. And then you got us. Uh, are you gonna let that guy talk? You got someone in tow with you. Is he gonna? Say oh yeah, that's our friend Evie. Uh, right. And yeah, she's she's gonna be. All right. Playing some tunes. Dig. All right, here we go. <laughs> Cindy, mama, uh, you understand that? No. Well, uh, like, I don't understand how you can, because, like, I've been to, you know, Paris, Beirut, you know, I've been to Iraq, Iran, Eurasia, you know, I speak very, very, um, fluent Spanish, uh, todo está bien chévere. You understand that? Bien chévere. Chévere. Is that right, mama? Yeah, because I got my shaking room, I'm going to do a little Everybody's got a thing, but some don't know how to handle it. Always reaching out in vain, just taking the things not worth having. But don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing, mama. Cause I'll be standing on the side when you check it out. Your style of life's a drag And that you must go other places But just don't you feel too bad When you get fooled by smiling faces But don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing, mama Cause I'll be standing on the side When you check it Don't you worry. 